Welcome to the Vatier We Go podcast, coming at you from Vatier We Go Studios. I hate that. Why do you hate that? Because <laughs> we're just in our living room. It's not like it's, it's not like our, a location you can find on Google Maps. This is our our podcast studio. Gotcha. Maybe one day we'll have a real studio. A real live <laughs> studio. Continue. <laughs> well... I had a whole spiel, but now I'm. That's all I got. <laughs> I, I'm thrown off now. Okay, well, you want to just jump into my icebreaker question? Yeah. So we really need to break the ice between each other. Yeah. It's yeah. So I want to. I you. want to introduce the icebreaker segment. So earlier today, while we were planning out our podcast, Allie, Allie told me, "Here's the icebreaker question for you." So. Be prepared. And I was like, icebreaker? We've been married for <laughs> for six going on seven years. Why do we need an icebreaker? And then you told me. You're, what did you tell me? I said, this isn't for us. It's to start a conversation to ease into the other conversations. Oh, I remember you. I remember hearing that this was a way to... To warm the audience up. That's literally what I just said. Just like a different way of saying Yeah, you said it a different way. But I was thinking when you said that, as in earlier today, right. that it was a way for the audience to get to know their hosts a little bit more. But they already know us because they're our friends. It's true. Most of them should know us. Maybe, <laughs> they don't. Do you think? Maybe there's some oh, people who are listening that's who an don't know us. Right. That's an interesting thought. And as we grow, there will be people who don't know us, but they think they know us. I will say our viewership has dropped in half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From like 21 people to 11. <laughs> yeah. It's a little painful. So those 10 people who we don't know, they were just like, we're out. It's not interesting because we don't know who they are. Yeah, they listened once or twice. Or maybe it's our friends who dropped out, and they're like, yeah, no, <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> yeah, they decided they knew us too much, and what we're talking about is just regurgitation of it previous conversations. It was probably the, the cannibalism. I think that's what that's what put them over the Yeah, edge. maybe people just skipped the cannibalism episode, right. and they just haven't gotten back on. Right. But maybe this is going to be the the one that brings them back in. And you know what? Breaking the ice, I think is important. It is. To show that we're just we're just humans. Right. We're just people. <laughs> right. I don't think that was ever we're just like your... a question up for debate, but yes. We're just your your friendly neighborhood Joe and Allie. Yeah. Okay, favorite celebrity encounter. Go. Now, I do have a question about this that we did not talk about earlier. Well, we is haven't, this... To be clear, we haven't talked about any of these answers. I just told you the question and said, it's don't true. tell me. It's true. Just think about it. Now, is this my celebrity encounter, like when I have seen a celebrity or like... Your favorite, favorite story of someone else meeting a celebrity? Yeah. No. <laughs> Just any story about a celebrity <laughs> meeting a random, Joe, normal person. No, it's, it's assuming that you have had an encounter with a celebrity. It is a personal story, a personal anecdote. Okay, so here's Wait, have the... you just been spending all day thinking of some other person's... <laughs> no. Okay. No, I haven't. But here's the problem. I really haven't met that many celebrities. Okay, well, which one is your favorite? I mean, how many celebrities have you there's met? Only, there's only... I, 
It depends on what you consider meeting. So, yeah, I've stood in line for a while to walk through and get autographs oh, from media. famous people. Right. So there's that. Right. And then there... Have I had more celebrity encounters than you? You were a model growing That's up. That's true. So... But none of my favorite celebrity encounters is... Well, okay, I guess I didn't even think about that. That opens up a whole can of work. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> but then, other than that, I really have not met that many celebrities. Besides that, there is one that I can think of, and that's it. Okay, well, then that's your story. Okay, so I've got two stories. Oh. <laughs> one of them... <laughs> one of them was... Way back in the day, I was a punk rocker. I would go to things like Warped Tour. Oh, that's funny. And and one time, for some reason, I decided to go through the lines to get a bunch of signatures. I never, I've never been to Warped Tour, and I honestly have never been to any kind of like concert other than like a Christian gospel concert. So what do okay. you mean staying in line to get signatures? Like explain that to me. Okay, so at Warped Tour, there's all these different stages. It's basically a festival of music. I got, I had that much. So they've got, <laughs> they've got like five or six different stages playing music. It's an all day ordeal, and during the day. There are times when there will be famous people, whether it's bands or whether it's other acts who are there sitting and signing signing out autographs. So it's just like maybe in between sets, there's not a set going on at 1030 that you're interested in. So you're going to go get a signature from a band. Got it. Or from somebody else. So that was one of your favorite encounters was so, meeting all the band peeps. Well, the encounter was Steve-O. Oh, snap. Yeah. Really? We still have his signature on a t-shirt that's it, supposed to be getting sold on the internet. By we, you mean you and me. Yeah, it's, oh, in, our, like, who are... it's in our hutch. <laughs> well, it's like, who it's in the, the selling hutch. Wow, cool. Same with my Dennis well, Rodman jersey. Not signed. But it's a jersey. What what was Steve doing there? Just like I don't know what and was he, he was, signing autographs or did you just run into him? I don't know what he was signing. He was there. He was there, he was signing. I don't know what he was doing there at Warp Tour. I don't know what he was doing at right. Warp Tour. He was being Steve O. He was being Steve O. But my favorite part is that this <laughs> this was the encounter, and it wasn't my encounter. I was standing in line waiting to go get his signature on my t-shirt this dude in front of me he's like steve-o do a hit with me like marijuana hit oh snap and so he's like yeah totally and they both like do a marijuana hit whatever that means and they're smoking marijuana this is how much i've smoked marijuana (laughs) i understand all this lingo and next thing you know there are literally cops standing there and what? they start like arresting Steve-O? No, not Steve-O. The random dude who said, "Hey, Steve-O, do a hit with me." And then here's here's the my favorite part. Then Steve-O was like trying to get this guy off. That's like, a, "Hey, that's, that sounds guys, like, like that's No, man, he this it's all mine. I it's mine. No, he didn't do anything wrong. Uh no, it's tobacco." Like he just kept g- Going in circles, trying to get this poor kid to be 
to be let go with a slap on the wrist. And like everybody was booing the cops. Wait, wait, wait. So, so he, Steve would just assume that the cops would have let Steve go for having illegal substances on him? No, I think they were. I think Steve was like willing to take whatever the penalty was, assuming it would have been like a small fine or something. What if it's like jail? I don't think Steve-O was thinking about it at the time. <laughs> That's really nice of him. <laughs> I know. Like, it was totally cool of I know. Him. But ultimately, the dude dude didn't get off. He Man. got taken away by the cops. and wow. And it was a... Uh, it made me look highly upon Steve-O. Wow. I mean, a little bit. Way to go, Steve-O. Good job, Steve-O. Wow. If you're listening... Kudos to you, man. But if Jake's listening, we are not approving of smoking yeah. or getting off of smoking from the cops. Yeah. <laughs> well, there as were, your parents were not approving were, of the situation. There were many things that were wrong in the situation, but I think Steve right. was one Stand of the guy. few things that was right. Wow. Cool. I was I feel like I I I don't think I would like being his friend. But I get good vibes from him. Does that make I, sense? I could go get a beer with Steve-O. I probably couldn't. But. <laughs> He's I a would, little too crazy for But me. I would not go to the after party at his yeah, house. Yeah, no. Hard pass. Afterwards. Right, right, right. It's a beer and then I'm leaving. That's so funny. Okay, second. What's your second favorite? one right. was the actual encounter with somebody you could call quote unquote famous. Okay. Was. During my time at SMU, I had lunch with a guy named Conrad Anker. He was the expeditionist who found Sir Edmund Hillary's body. I was about to say, like, I know this. He was at SMU? He went to SMU. He didn't go to He was at SMU for a presentation about the Nat Geo Explorers grant. Mm -hmm. Because he is a Nat Geo... Expeditionist ambassador, ambassador. I don't remember exactly what his title is, but Nat Geo has funded some of his expeditions. Okay, and he was there to talk about one and to talk about finding the, the body. Not about finding the body, but about the the Nat Geo Explorers program and some of the funding and some of the projects that he has done with them. Okay, so I. And at the time, I literally did not know who he was. Really? I was How? just like, really? oh, this is a climber. He does expeditions. How did you not know this who is he really was? This is really cool. I need, to, I need to have lunch with him and like, and figure things out. Wait, you had lunch with him? Like, it was a whole day seminar series like stuff, different people talking about the Nat okay, Geo Okay, so you Grant didn't like program. sit down in like a booth of a, at a deli and have lunch with this guy. You were like in a conference. No, well. No, I asked him if if he'd be willing to sit down and have lunch with me and talk, and he's like, "Yeah, totally." Wait, are you are you being serious? Yeah, I've got his card over in the. Why have we never discussed this? I'm fascinated by that story. Like, not I mean, I'm fascinated by this story, but like Conrad, that whole situation it has always been fascinating. The to fun me. part, well, not the fun part. I think he lives in Bozeman, Montana. Okay, and and um, I feel like you're. Dad and Beth go to Bozeman every year. Oh, so we have a connection. So they could very well have bumped elbows. And because with if you go to Conrad Bozeman, Anchor. Montana, you're there's, bound to run into him. 
<laughs> well, Bozeman, it is it is slowly becoming the location for famous outdoors people. Okay. Like a lot of famous hunter and right, I knew that hunter folks live there. A lot of famous um, rock climbers, expeditionists, skiers. A lot of these famous people are okay. living there, and a lot of California money is going into Bozeman. Interesting. Which some people, the original Bozeman people, are getting upset about. Right. Wait. Can we go back to the Conrad's? Yeah, back to Conrad. So hear me say, or I'm trying to clarify. I'm trying to wrap my head around this because I don't know why this this is like it has shooketh me to the core, Joseph. So you were at like a conference seminar. Like how many people are at this seminar? I don't know, two, three hundred. And you just had a light bulb go off in your head that thought, hmm, I I wonder if he let's go. A- I'm gonna go ask this highly famous individual who was a speaker at said conference to have a casual lunch with me? Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, That's amazing. I just figured I'm... I'd talk to him, see if I could like figure things Wait, out. But by this get... time, did you know how famous he was? No. Hilarious. I bet he no, found I've that his, very refreshing. I've got his signature somewhere too, which is... I mean, at what point in the story did you realize how famous he was? I think... Is this just a homeschool no, thing? Am, no, is it weird I, that I'm freaking out about no, this? No, I realized how famous he was when he was like the primary speaker at it was it was similar to no, it wasn't it was probably one step down from the Tate lecture series okay. in terms of a presentation Prom, right, that right. he was giving okay. that night. Okay. So I went there and they were like I don't know. It was it was like one of the it was the big ballroom that was in that main eating building. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. That Hughes, big ballroom. Huge trick. On, no, no, not Huge on top of Dal- or on top of uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Regardless, yeah. we'll yeah. skip that. Okay. So that place. Okay. And there, I mean, I would think there were three to five hundred people in there. And so y- it was where um, what's her name? Vanessa's graduation. Yes. Was. Right. No, room. I know exactly what you're talking about. So you. So you had, and it was filled to the brim with people. Right. So you had lunch with him, and then he did his fancy speech? Yeah, that night. So what made you want to go ask this guy to lunch? Because he was a rock climber, and he was getting money from Nat Geo to go do these amazing expeditions. Was he, like, was he like announced or something? Or was he at like a... Like, how did you meet him if he hadn't spoken yet? Well, he had given at the conference, he was talking about... And it was it was different... Different people everywhere from the Young Explorers grants that were being okay. funded, like, and that's something like under 25 small grants, mostly for research stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they were talking about the whole Explorers group. Is that like the Andres? Like what Andres yeah. does? Yeah. Okay. And, and so he was talking about kind of one of his expeditions and what they like what it meant to like go and do this and why it. Okay. it was so important. And like the, the kind of things that net geo was funding. Right. Oh, uh, what did y'all, t- one, where did y'all go to lunch and two, what in the heck uh, well, did you talk were, about? There were boxed lunches provided to everybody. So we grabbed a box lunch, just you and him, just me and him. And we sat outside. You had a date. 
with Conrad. Is it Acres or Ackers? Anchor. Anchor. You had y'all just had like a little bro date on the lawn of SMU. Not on the lawn. It was in that okay. like, environment. It was that outside part at the bottom of Huge Trig. Right. The really big cast iron I know, tables. Right. Yeah. That's where we sat and we talked about we talked about travels and what it meant to uh how <laughs> Why have you never told me this story? <laughs> I don't know. For the people No, that... I I have I do remember telling you before because there was whenever we watched the um the movie Meru mm-hmm. about them climbing Meru, mm-hmm. him and Jimmy Chin and the guy who fell five thousand feet mm-hmm. and like almost died. Mm-hmm. I told you, yeah, I had lunch with Conrad. So you have a memory of you telling me, oh, you have lunch lunch with Conrad. Yeah, yeah. I have a memory telling you that. Maybe maybe it was just like, oh, I met him and oh, was, was I've got his Joseph? signature. <laughs> maybe it's that. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't you, think so. You went, this no, is, I think this it was, is a typical I had thing, lunch. Joe, where you're like, oh, yeah, I told you I did this. No, it's like a grunt. I, had, I got a grunt in that general direction. And to you... King of communication, that that grunt, that that was a paragraph, and for me it was a grunt. So I don't remember any of this. For the folks at home, can you explain the importance of this man? Because there's some people listening who are like, y'all have been talking about this guy for far too long, and I have no idea why y'all are so excited. He is a a rock climber and mountaineer expeditionist. He found Sir Edmund Hillary's body on. Everest, mm-hmm. who had been missing, who had, had been never missing been for found. a long time, right. presumed decades and decades and decades. Well, he was known to have gotten lost right. on the mountain, and he, Sir Edmund Hillary, with his, um, with his Sherpa, Norman Tinsgay, something like that. I'm always wow, I you always, got this down to a T. I always, I feel like I mispronounce his name, mm-hmm. but they were the first ones up Everest, so. That's like what I think what propelled him into more, more um, mainstream media is because he got famous for that. Yeah, right. But he is a well, and he a, hiked Everest. He's a world-renowned climber, right? And and the the thing that he was presenting on back when the back when the Nat Geo thing was going on and and went through SMU. He was presenting on a in a walking expedition across the Tibetan plateau, and the whole idea there was it's a very very difficult thing to do, and it was him and Jimmy somebody else Jimmy Chin, who actually, I think Jimmy won an Oscar along with Alex Honnold for that yeah. for Free Solo right 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 so now Jimmy Chin is like. Very well known, mm-hmm. but I digress. So he, so Conrad Anchor does these very, very lofty expeditions that, that ultimately show us, show us sides of the earth that, that really people don't, don't see or don't understand. And, and why that's important is because those are things that an average human can't just go and do. Right. And so something like walking across the Tibetan plateau, like there's a lot of important information there. Even if 
he wasn't going and collecting water samples and hauling all those back the whole way, mm-hmm. there is a lot in that expedition that you can use from a from a qualitative scientific standpoint to really think about. But he's a uh, he's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. Well, um, that's so funny. Um, one that I never had heard that story before. But two, none of those were the ones that I thought you were going to share. So oh, what did you are, think I was going to share? I thought you were going to talk about that. What's his name from Survivor? What? When you you were in at your at SIU Southern Illinois University, your undergrad, there was like a college Survivor competition that was being hosted by what's his name, who is Mike now in Scoopin. Mike Scoopin, who is famous for Survivor because he fell into the fire in Survivor Australia, Africa, and had to get care. He was like the first person to ever get care lifted off. And then he went back another scene to play. More famously known now because he's serving like 30 years or life for child pornography or something now. Yeah. So that's probably, maybe that's why you didn't share it. <laughs> but I was, that, that's what I was like, oh, well, that's like the most famous celebrity encounter, Joe. Apparently I was extremely wrong. Okay, well, I guess it's my turn, yeah, right? Yeah, now it's your turn. So, as you pointed out, and I totally forgot, I did meet a lot of random child stars while kicking it around the DFW modeling acting scene of the early 2000s. We don't need to go into those. I feel like people who know me, I've talked about it before. Boring, 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 boring. These are the ones I thought were the most interesting. Number one, I used to work in Preston Center. And one day I was uh, just needed to get out of the office for like lunch or I went to go pick up a coffee or something. And there's a Starbucks in Preston Center. And so I went and got a Starbucks and I am waiting for my Starbucks beverage and I do a double take. And I see Missy Payne who at the time literally like she was on the current season of Survivor. And I knew one because we love Survivor. But the day after, like, so it was the day I was at at Starbucks. The next day was literally the live finale of the season that she was on. And I, like, did it. And I knew, I remember hearing that she was from Dallas. She ran a um, cheer studio. And she was currently on the season with her daughter, Baylor. Daughter. Up, right, her daughter, whose name is Baylor after Baylor University. And they were both in the final three. And I was like, what in the, like, I have never, because I, again, I, I, yeah, we were dating at the time. I knew your scoop and, or were we dating at the time? We were. Okay. We were. You sent me pictures. Right, right, right. And I was like, what in the heck is going on? So I grabbed my coffee and I strategically placed myself literally next to her table because she's talking what I find out later is her agent. And I get like a 30, 45 minute insider scoop slash like interview of a current Survivor contestant. And it was honestly the most fascinating. As a Survivor fan, it was one of the most fascinating like 45 minutes of my life because she was talking about like the ins and outs of the audition process, like how to get on the show, like what Mark Burnett's looking for, like they, you know, getting ready for the finale. She and Baylor are about to fly out in the morning to get to LA to go see Jeff and like what she was trying to set herself up for a book deal. Also side note, she was like my least favorite character on this season. And so it was like, she, I kind of felt was like the villain. So I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting all this inside stuff. 
And then at the very end, because I obviously had to go, you know, do my job. I, um, I like, <laughs> I went up to her. I was like, I'm so sorry. I never do this, but my dad would kill me if I did not get a photo with you, which, yep. which I don't, I don't know where that photo is. I don't think I have that photo anymore, but it was honestly a very thrilling 45 minutes. So that was my first fun celebrity. Well, that was not, <laughs> this was about to sound <laughs> no. real bougie. That was by no means my first celebrity encounter, but probably the one I thought was the most exciting. Cause I don't know, like I've just, I realized like throughout my life, like I've ran, I've for some reason have run into random celebrities whether I knew it at the time or not. And I was just not interested in it as a child. I would, I run into a bunch of people or like modeled or acted with people who I did not know were famous cause they weren't yet. And then now as an adult, I know they are famous like Demi Lovato and the Jonas brothers and all that jazz. But yeah. So anyway, second celebrity encounter in my little brother is really into skateboarding and has always been into skateboarding. And at the time, this is probably like, 2010s no maybe like sometime between like 2004 and 2008 I was in high school um we somehow got connected with uh who's Alec Baldwin's crazy but Stephen Baldwin yeah so the (laughs) the father-in-law of Justin Bieber he I don't even think he's doing this anymore he was doing or trying to start like a Christian evangelist um, organization specifically geared toward the skateboarding community. And because my little brother was in the skateboarding, uh, my parents were like, let's jump in on this. And so Stephen Baldwin literally came to my home and for like five hours. And we like set up this kind of like meet and greet party with my parents' friends and Stephen Baldwin for him to pitch them his like vision for this stuff. He like signed, we had at the time, like a, we called it the Jesus bathroom, but people could like autograph it or like put their favorite Bible verse or something on the wall. And he like signed the wall and like the, and I didn't really know, like I wasn't really in, I didn't know what the Baldwins were. I think at the time I just, I, my parents just told me like this guy's famous mm-hmm. at the time. I didn't know how crazy he was. Um, but, uh, I just remember he was like, and it's fun. It's so funny what stands out to you as a kid. But I remember his computer broke or like he needed like a cord to connect his computer to our TV or something. And he was just like, oh, whatever. I'll just buy a completely new system. And he just had his like assistant rever buy him like a brand new laptop, brand new everything just to do this like little <laughs> presentation. And like little like 16 year old me was like, what? Like, wow. So much money. <laughs> so much money that he can just drop. Uh, but yeah, Stephen Baldwin. He was really nice, but, and I remember, I remember the first time you told me that story and all I could think of was the usual suspects. I've never seen that movie. Well, which was apparent because I didn't really know who Stephen Baldwin was. I think it would change your mind on Stephen Baldwin. I'm not, here's the thing. Hear me say this. I don't necessarily think, like I said, he was a nice dude. I had no, uh, I had no qualms with him. I just have known that he is now kind of famous for doing kind of sporadically radical things. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like he's not really been in the news much lately. His daughter has, but not really him. So who knows? Maybe he's calmed down. Yeah, I don't I don't remember him being in the news either. But I think that's the that's the thing that that I always 
wonder, especially with celebrities. The Usual Suspects is a, it's kind of a dark movie. That's it's, not a Quentin Tarantino uh, film, is it? I don't think so. It's kind of thriller-ish. But all I can remember is there's a lot of foul language. Got it. And Stephen Baldwin is just dropping these F-bombs and dropping these and dropping that. And and then you tell me he's in there signing your Jesus bathroom. And I'm like, this is... I I wonder, how do you just go about doing that kind of acting and like being okay with it when you're living a life following Christ? That's all. It's not like, obviously, it can be done. Wait, I'm sorry. I was trying to look up Conrad Anchor while you were talking, <laughs> which I'm glad I did because I have a correction, a gross correction that needs to be made regarding oh, okay, your story good. good um but are you saying like as a christian it would be difficult to do really intense film i'm saying that i would not like i would not be able to do something that that requires me to do lots of cussing really yeah oh i just well wouldn't. that i guess that's just because you're not an actor my friend i would have no qualms which is laughable I, because I am the most prudish person on the planet Earth. But I feel like you would do it because you <laughs> would be allowed to. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have to swear? All right, sign me up. I, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm one, I'm a thespian. So if I have a character to do by, gosh darn it, I'm going to do it to that's my ability. I don't care if that person yeah. is like... A serial killer. I will be the best dang serial killer you've ever seen. Yeah, but I just wouldn't choose those roles. Well, and then that's why you probably wouldn't get that many roles. Well, I will say this: I think like, once, <laughs> I just wouldn't get any roles. <laughs> what? Well, what? What? And well, I mean, you would just get really like you know, just Disney G movies, and that would yeah. just be your shtick. That would be my shtick. Meanwhile, I like the gritty stuff. Oh, I like the gritty stuff. I just don't like. That is so funny like to me. I did not think that, that so is cussing is really that big of a deal to you? That's true though. Wait, pause. Because yep. if I <laughs> and I I won't cuss on air because you'll get really upset. But if I like say a random word and it can just be like I'll just spell it for your sake, B I T C H. And and which I, I I typically only use if I'm trying to describe a situation or like I really have no better word to use you are like shocked you're you're always like Allie how dare you where do you think that comes from welcome to my therapist chair we don't have to talk about this because we have a lot more to talk about we got a lot to talk about we've we 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 really... been talking for 30 minutes <laughs> on <laughs> random celebrity okay, encounters okay we'll do my correction then we'll move on how about that I'm more interested yeah okay let's continue he on. did not who, did you see Sir Edmund Hillary yeah, that's who I said. Okay, firstly, that's wrong, let's, though, isn't it? Let's, who the heck is Sir Edmund Hillary? Which and little old wait, me was who like, did he find? Uh huh, uh-huh, sure, yeah. Sir Edmund Percival Hillary was a New Zealand mountaineer philanthropist. Wait, so they, who? they were the first climbers confirmed to have reached the summit. They were part of the ninth. Did they die? See, no, he died in two thousand eight in New Zealand. <laughs> 
Wait, but he was the first one to be confirmed to reach Maybe the summit? Maybe he was the f- first person. Uh, so Wait, so who'd he find? So he found the body of George Malloy, who was an English mountaineer who took part in the first three British expeditions to Mount Everest in the early 1920s. So the other guy was from New Zealand. Malloy was uh, was with the British expeditions to be the first Sir Edmund Britons. Hillary first confirmed to top the mountain. Right. Malloy... First Brit British who Brit. tried right. and failed. Right. Yeah. He was 37 years old. Well, there you, you heard it here first, Don't folks. come to us for history facts. Don't don't expect <laughs> right. true statements right. if you catch fact us on the check spot. everything we say. Yeah. Always fact check. Especially with our next segment. Yes. Do you, you want to lead in for it? You're going to have to. This was your idea. All right. So, so you're going to take it. Today is... October 30th. Right. This podcast is going to drop on November 1st. What comes after November 1st? November 2nd. What's November 2nd? Well, it's my dad's birthday. Happy, Happy birthday! birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was planned in my head. But election day. So, for all of you living in Dallas County, which I think is actually nobody. I don't think we have any <laughs> listeners who this is going to be relevant for. No one will care. But, well, actually, all the props, I think, are statewide. Right, 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 right. We are going to go through the Dallas County Sample ballot. ballot. And we are just going to give you our raw opinion, our raw emotions, and we are going to... Get canceled. Have, have the most controversial podcast <laughs> episode <laughs> yet. But we are going to try and keep it at under an hour. So we've got 25 minutes. You know, it was short-lived. let's go. This podcast was fun while it lasted. It was. It was. was We made it 14 episodes. Let's see if we can get... Is this number 15? No, this is 14. Oh, it's 14. Okay. Let's see if we can get canceled. We're just going to go into this, okay? Is our goal to get canceled? Because if our goal is to get canceled, I can... No, 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 no. No, No, that's easy. You just stop. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think... My goal in doing this was, one, to give our audience some insight on how we go into the ballot. Because, let's be real. I rock, paper, scissors it. A lot of time, we spend less than 30 minutes looking at a ballot. It's true. Beforehand. True. So. More people should be doing more research. So you should do more research. And, And if there's any politicians or future politicians out there listening to this, I hope it gives you pause. And maybe a little bit of concern, but also maybe encouragement <laughs> as to who your voters are. And <laughs> your voters are two randos but, <laughs> doing a podcast. But let's no be one. real. How many people go into a go into the and ballot just, box right, like us? Right. That's the question. And Wait, I hope, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I want people to think about it. As they listen to us talk. Like if they listen and they're like, you know what? These guys got it right. Right. Then by all means, keep doing what you're doing. But if they listen and they're like, you know what? This is funny, but it's actually concerning. Then that should be enough to prompt you to spend more time than what it took you to listen to this podcast to go to do some research on your ballot. Look at you, Dr. Joe, saving the world one ballot at a time. 
Let's dive in, shall Let's we? Let's do it. Okay. So this, what's on the ballot this year? Right. This is Texas Proposition Number One. Wait. So are there are there any people we're voting for? No. This is literally all propositions. Is it going to be propositions for everybody? In uh, some like congressional di- districts may be up for something. Okay. Okay. But for for us, at least for Dallas County, we just have props. Okay. Okay. So before we do that, right. one more question. Okay. If you're going in, like last last year, we had a lot of people on the ballot. Right. How do you decide who to vote for? You look them up and see what they stand for and their platform, and then you vote for the one that, whose platform you agree with the most, or whose character is the it's best. A lot of work. It's a lot of work. Hey, it's a lot of work to be a citizen, and it's our duty and our responsibility to take our role seriously. Let's move on. That's a good point. Texas Proposition 1, authorize charitable raffles at rodeo venues amendment. Is that, that's the whole name? Yes. What is it? I'm going to tell you. What does that mean? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Did I think this was something we needed? No, I did not. Okay. Texas Proposition 1, the authorized charitable raffles at rodeo venues amendment. They could have really picked a better name. Anywho. Is on the ballot in Texas as a legislatively referred constitutional amendment. So back up. So this is not so right. A proposition is you're not, sorry, I just hit the mic. You're not voting for the pop, this to be like ratified into law. You are voting, hey, I want this to be considered. And thus my state officials slash representatives will be voting on it when they do what they do. This is called direct representation or so whatever. So if it does not pass. So if we say, you know what, I don't want, so for example. Don't want Prop 1. Right. So this is a yes vote supports amending the state constitution to, one, authorize professional sports team charitable foundations to conduct raffles at rodeo venues and two, include professional association sanctioned rodeos in the definition of professional sports teams. For off the bat, those are two vastly different items in my head. Considering a rodeo a professional sports team and letting charitable foundations conduct raffles. I don't understand why that's the same amendment. Because what if I want one but not the other? Well, I think that's. I think what it's trying to say is that there is a what I what I'm hearing is that they want to be able to have charitable raffles at rodeos at rodeos right which are going to be professional for-profit organizations. What is a charitable what a charitable raffle? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, okay. I'm not interested enough to look it up. Would you say yes or would you vote no to which opposes amending the Constitution, thus continuing to prohibit these raffles? I'm gonna say I'm gonna vote yes. I'll say yes, but I really don't care. Is this? I look. We got we got bigger fish to fry. That's that's kind of my thing. I'll vote yes. Fine, fine. Obviously, it's important enough to be on the ballot. I'll vote yes. I don't care. Okay, I don't know. Who knows? I may get in the ballot box and just like feel like shifty and like vote a no. Maybe. Okay. 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 I understand. Now. Okay. Texas Proposition 2. 
authorize counties to issue infrastructure bonds in blighted areas amendment. If you vote yes, this is what you're voting for. Okay? One, authorize counties to issue bonds to fund transportation and infrastructure projects in blighted areas. Two, prohibit counties from allocating more than 65% of property tax revenue increases annually to repay the bonds. And three, prohibit counties from using the funds from the issuance of the bonds to build a toll road. That's a yes vote? That's a yes. If you vote no, you say no. I don't know. I think the ca- I'm going to vote yes for this. I, I think counties should be able to take care of blighted areas because they have more funding that way. And we're paying a county tax regardless. And sometimes cities don't have enough tax money, especially if the entire city is a blighted area, to fix said blighted areas. But I really have no idea. Yeah, that's... I have no idea. It's a little confusing. I would have to do significantly more research than that, and that's too much for this podcast. Moving on? Yep. Oh, here's the big one. Okay. Buckle up. Texas Proposition 3. Prohibition on limiting religious services or organizations amendment. So, if you vote yes, a yes vote supports amending the state constitution to prohibit the state or any political subdivision... By enacting a law, rule, order, or proclamation that limits religious services or organizations. A no opposes amending the state constitution to prohibit the state or any political subdivision from doing that. Blah, blah, blah. Immediate thoughts. I just, I don't have a good feeling about it. How so? I don't know. But it... it... Well, I'm just going to, we're going to, let's just address the elephant in the room. This is a COVID one. This, this is only on here because of COVID, right? So this is saying, hey, the state and or, in our case, what's our, what's our county commissioner guy's name? Clay Jenkins, right? Clay so Jenkins. that, yeah, cannot make a COVID proclamation or law or whatever to lock down or limit religious services or organizations for meeting. Correct. So right off the bat, you're controversial, depending on what social circle you sit in. Correct. Right. And so typically, the majority of church-going people would, would vote a yes to this. Now, you know that I'm a no, but I don't know what you are. I, I'm a no because I think that it just doesn't, like I said, it, it, it doesn't feel right or smart because it, and it is counterintuitive to what we as Christians say the church is. I enjoy meeting in large groups and going to church on Sundays Mm -hmm. and being able to worship corporately. But that is not where I, that is not where I am learning who God is. And that's not where I am growing in my oneness with Christ that is more of a Sunday where you're meeting with his Sunday is more of a a pep rally and a it's more of a fun time it is not where I'm getting my my fill for the week so to speak like it's not where I'm getting my food right my spiritual food right 
so I think it is a, I don't think that, that meeting on Sundays or meeting, being told we can't meet is a, that should not be a major concern. Right. And I think it, I guess I was unfortunately not listening as closely. Is it, is it clear? Do you want me to read it again? Yeah, read it one more time. So a yes vote supports amending the Constitution, the state Constitution, to prohibit the state or any political subdivision from enacting a law, a rule, an order, or a proclamation that limits religious services or organizations. And let me just pause here. This is why I hate props generally. Because hear me say this. In an ideal world, I don't think that you should be able to limit any sort of religious service, regardless of what, unless you are like, it's like a violent cult, right? Like all religions, regardless of what you believe, should have the right to assembly and the right to practice their religion in our country and any country, right? That's the dream. However, I believe that the federal government and state governments, one of their responsibilities to the citizens in their jurisdiction is safety and public health. That's why the police and the fire is provided through the government. And so I think public health falls into that. And so I think that it is within their jurisdiction to temporarily limit anything for the greater good or for public health. And so that's why I would vote a no. However, if they want to put you know, like a little asterisk and say, hey, like you can't limit religious services unless, then sure, like that's fine. But but I guess that I'm, I'm confused why this is even on the ballot to begin with because I was pretty sure the Constitution already provides us the freedom to assemble and the freedom of religion. So like why do we need to clarify, which is why I'm, I was like this is purely COVID. Like this, if COVID had never happened, this would never be on the ballot. And so I, that's where I'm like, then is it truly necessary? Yep, I hear you. And I think that's a, it's an interesting point. Something that, that others have talked about. That there is the, in the hunting and fishing outdoors realm. There is the idea that hunting and fishing and going out of doors and procuring, procuring sustenance from the land is it is a a right that is that in some some state constitutions is is built in in a it is kind of stated that you have this right but in other states it's not and and I guess last year there was a lot of push in some states to say, okay, we need to put a law on the books that says we will always have the right to hunt and fish so that that is not something that slowly gets taken away. So from that regard, it is... It's like a preemptive thing. It's like a preemptive thing where I... I can see both sides of it to the idea that you want to be preemptive about it. But it's, but it's not preemptive. And I think that's where I have a problem with it because 
and this again may be controversial, but I was in complete total agreement with the lockdown back in March of 2020. Like I thought that it was necessary and I still feel like that it was necessary. And I am okay with wearing a mask and the, with the proclamations. Because in Dallas County, we are still the pro, we have a proclamation requiring masks in businesses. Yep. Um, and so I don't see it as preemptive because it's very possible that we have a surge or, you know, another virus comes down. And we can use the Ebola example from a couple of podcasts ago um, as an example. But that like where it may become necessary to shut down for a temporary time period again. And so that's where I'm like, well, and, and this really like just, I guess, depending on what you think about COVID determines what you think about this bill, right? Because if you think yeah. it's, if you are taking it seriously and you think that it is a public health threat, then you see the benefit of the government shutting things down temporarily. But if you don't see it as a threat, then you, there wouldn't be no benefit to the government shutting anything down, right? Yep. But then yeah, hypothetically that... speaking, regardless of what you think about COVID, like what if a virus, or not even a virus, like what if, like what if there is a, um, well, and maybe this is just my, my ignorance about how law works, but what if there is like a martial law situation? Like what if, heaven forbid, like a small you know, citizen militia rose up, they're upset about something and Dallas County shuts everything down and makes people go to their homes and not assemble for safety purposes. Right. Well, I think that's the, what you're saying there, that is, is martial law override all that. That stuff? is no, that is the, what I'm saying with the preemptive is that people may not consider covid as a as a major health risk right or they may see this as being a wait a second they are not going to let us meet when there's a virus going around what about not letting us meet when there's something else going around so to me the people who are putting this on the books are thinking it's preemptive to preserve to preserve the rights to to meeting as a church and as preserving the religious freedoms true but we live in the the most religiously free country on the planet and every single time that a religious freedom case gets up to the supreme court it is upheld like we have never had a knock to the to religious freedom in this country so i guess like I like and here we say this, I understand why people would vote for this bill. I'm not like mad. I'm like, oh, they're such idiots. I just feel differently. And so I'm not, you know, I feel differently. And so I'm just gonna vote the way that I feel. I guess where my confusion comes is I and this maybe this I mean, this whole question means we won't talk about any of the other things. So feel free to just move on. Um, I do not see any attacks on religious freedom in our country. And I guess maybe that's like if I had a different perspective and if I if I felt like we religious freedom was being attacked, then I would feel differently. But I I have yet to see any like concrete evidence that religious freedom is being attacked. So I'm that's not a concern of mine. Does that make sense? It as I said at the beginning, it just it feels like it just doesn't give me a good feeling 
And I don't know if that's because, because of what you're saying, like it just doesn't make sense because it like, there's no reason for it. I don't see the value of putting this on there because, because that, of this. To be fair, I also don't see the value of putting rodeo raffle ticket things on. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? like, like, like that's like props are always like, where, like, what is the intent behind putting, like who is lobbying for each of these props to be on here? Yeah. Because like, obviously someone feels really strongly about it because it's now a proposition on our ballots, but. Yep. And half the time, I think it was, it was a few years ago. There was a prop specifically about taxing, taxation on, on, um, it was like heavy metal mining or precious metal mining. And I remember that one specifically and reading through it. I'm like, well, this clearly, it sounds like reading through it. I was like, if this were to pass, this is just somebody who is trying to get a tax break. That is literally what this proposition is saying. Right. It wants to give a tax break to precious metal mining companies. And no, right, no clear like, understanding why. And I think that's the hard part is like when you read it, there is there's obviously an underlying reason why that's on there. And then it goes through lawyers and then it gets built into a proposition. And at that point, now I'm thinking, what what is the reason for this proposition? And ultimately, who who is who is getting something out of this? Right. It just feels like it, when they're so spe- <sighs> when they're so specific, it's like who asked for this to be on here and who's benefiting from it? <laughs> you know, it's like this. Okay, this is not addressed to the bateers. <laughs> you know, not that everything like always has to affect us. Like I recognize that we live in it complex country where some things will affect us and some things won't but i like to know the reasoning behind the things that i'm voting for correct correct okay shall we move on yes okay proposition number four changes to eligibility for certain judicial offices this will absolutely be... wow there's like we a long to, list of yes we need to change eligibility okay oh i remember this being on similar stuff like last time we voted so yes means you are voting for the following requires candidates to be residents of texas as well as citizens of the united states oh back up this is eligibility requirements for a justice of the supreme court a judge of the court of criminal appeals a justice of a court of appeals and a district judge first question right off the bat are there any current sitting texas judges who are not citizens or texans can you like i'm confused i don't know can you, like, is there like a Colorado, I don't know, Oklahoman resident who is a sitting judge in Texas? Why is My, this on here? Well, I I am curious now that you talk about it because something like the, like, ERCOT, oh. which is is the, I think that's like the public, the, the public face of the electricity grid. Like, they control all of it. And most of the people on the board were not in Texas. Right. That's a good point. Uh, but I don't that's know if that's not a Supreme Court judge. I but... don't know if that's a private company or a public run or if it's a like public service. 
But if it's a public service that is governed and fully funded by the state of Texas, right? Why would it not have? It w- it needs to have a really good reason to not have Texas citizens right. on right. it. Um, requires ten years of experience in Texas as a practicing lawyer or judge. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Sweet, that's fine. Requires eight years of experience in Texas as a practicing lawyer. Or, wait, what? Of a district court. Oh. So you have to have eighteen years of experience. You need ten years for candidates of the Supreme Court, Court of Criminal Appeals, or Court of Appeals, but you need eight years for county court of a district court. Okay, that what? That's fine. Well, unless it's lowering it. I wonder if it... See, this is what's interesting. What if the previous requirement is like 15 years and 12 years, and they're lowering the requirement of years serving? That's I'm not a, down for that. It's a good It's a good question. Would require more research and we're lazy. Yes, but I would also... I would also think of it the same way as you do any other... Any other... Um, I guess, quantifiable question. So what do I mean by that? One thing that that people talk about is something like salary. If you go in and you ask, I want $10 an hour, and they say, yes, absolutely, then you're happy with that. But then later you find out you could have gotten $15 an hour. Well, why does that you're happy at 10? So why why are you now upset about 15? So in this situation, does 15 years experience if, really is that yeah, much better if than If you're 10? happy with a 10-year experience guy running the show, then by all means, like who cares about the previous stuff? If you if you say, "You know what? 10 sounds good." Then well, then, then we can go for that's it. That's a slippery slope, my friend, because next year we'll have props on the bill that say five years of experience and but then no years of are experience. You, <laughs> but is your mind going to change and be like, you know what? I think five years sounds fine. No, hard pass. Yeah. So if, if that sounds like too little, then you're not going to vote for it. But what if I'm, what if I don't know? What if I think, what if I didn't do the research and I was like, oh my God, five is way more than zero. That must be fantastic. We need more information before we can vote on this okay. proposition. Okay. Disqualifies candidates if their license to practice law was revoked or suspended during experience requirement. Well, yeah, that, that yeah, that's yeah, fair. A, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to. I feel pretty good about that. I don't want somebody who's been disbarred right. to right. be a judge. Right. Applies these requirements to individuals elected or appointed to a term beginning after January 1st, 2025. See, no. I don't, Why are we voting no. for something for four years into no. the future? So who the heck is going to sneak in between now and January 1st, 2025? Who doesn't have to follow this stuff? Yeah. Like I'm not about that. That's, this is pointless. But but do we still need to vote for this bill to get the other st- – or the prop to get the other stuff? See, this is why – this is I, shady business. Yeah, and again, going back to the other idea, it's like – is this going in because there is somebody who only has five right. years experience right. and they're like, I know I'm going to get on because my boy Johnny is going right. to, he's going to get this gonna, prop on the bill. He's going to give me the, uh, he's going to recommend me and he's going to appoint me. So I'm good. But 
he's only going to be able to do that in 2024. Right, right. And I'm not going to be eligible per these props. Right. We're highly so we're highly in. skeptical individuals. That's I think that's probably I mean it's a blessing and a curse. But why 2025 like that that is a why red flag. so far away? That's a red flag. Right. Why not next year? Right. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't it doesn't take more than a year right. to go through the appointing process. Right. And sorry. And if it does, that's your problem. Right. You sh- should wait. You know, another year or two yeah, years. Yeah. Like you should get your act together. Right. Stop getting your license revoked. <laughs> Learn how to get appointed faster. <laughs> Pass the bar. Okay. <laughs> Tell Te- people to do their job. <laughs> Texas problem number five. State commission on judicial conduct authority over candidates for judicial office amendment. These names. R- ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay. A yes vote supports adding a section to the state constitution that authorizes the state commission on judicial conduct to investigate and discipline candidates seeking state judicial office in the same manner as judicial office holders. How well, how do we treat judicial office holders? Is it less stringent or more stringent? I vote more stringent. This again requires this this is why ladies and gentlemen, you've got to research this stuff. Is it fun? Absolutely not. I'm just going to vote no. Like if we vote no, that means it's going to stay the same, right? Here, let me read the no though. Okay, let's this may, hear. This is this could be a game changer. A no vote opposes this amendment, thereby maintaining that the state commission on judicial conduct is authorized to investigate and discipline only judicial office holders and not judicial candidates. Oh, that's stupid. Right. Why so, can't we? Why can't we do both? Or like, are we voting for both? I didn't hear that in the same. Why would we not? Oh, discipline candidates seeking state judicial. I think I think we should be able to discipline candidates seeking state judicial roles. Okay, I feel good about that. Moving on. Yeah, how many of these are there? Okay. <laughs> like I've I've we lost have, interest. We have six, seven, eight. We'll book Ready? Book Wait, how many more? Are Just there? three. Oh, okay. They're okay. short. Texas Prop 6, right to designated essential caregiver. A, yet vote, a yes vote supports amending the Constitution to establish a right for residents of nursing or assisted living facilities to designate an essential caregiver who cannot be prohibited from in-person visitation. 100% agree with this yes. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. No need to discuss. Agree. Hard pass on the yes. Hard, no. I mean, not a hard pass. <laughs> it's a hard, hard yes, yes on the yes. Texas Prop 7, homestead tax limit for surviving spouses. Oh, of disabled individuals. I was like, that can be me, not me at all. Unless you become disabled before I become a widow. A yes vote says yes to allowing the surviving spouse of a disabled individual to maintain a homestead property tax limit if the spouse is 55 years of age or older at the time of death and remains at the homestead. I Yes, I don't. Yeah, why not? I don't see why, why it couldn't be younger than fifty-five. But yes, why would we? Why would why we, we strip them people? of their home after their spouse died? And also, what if their spouse is a man? And like, I don't understand why the home. Anyway, we won't get into real estate. This is law. Last but not least, because I know the listeners are riveted, purely riveted. Proposition number nine. No, Texas proposition number eight. <laughs> <laughs> number eight. Homestead tax exemption for surviving spouses of military fatally injured in the line of duty amendment. 
a yes vote supports amending the state constitution to allow the legislature to provide a homestead property tax exemption for the surviving spouse of a military member killed or fatally injured in the line of duty. A no vote opposes amending the state constitution, thereby maintaining the existing language that authorizes a tax exemption for the spouse of a military member killed in action. So I guess the... What is... I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance. What is the difference between killed and fatally injured? Wait, which one is killed and which one is fatally injured? Killed in in the line of duty and fatally injured in the line of duty. I did not I realize think, that there was a difference. I think the difference, and again, we're not lawyers, so we didn't yes, write please these. please say that. We'll have that Just in, in case bold. everybody knows, we are not lawyers. We have no idea what we're talking about. Don't, don't trust us with anything. But to me, I hear killed in action. And I'm thinking you on the battlefield. Okay. Fatally injured is somebody who got injured, was able to was able to make it to a medical station, maybe even make it all the way home, but ultimately succumb to their injuries. Succumb to their injuries. Okay, well then I'm a yes. I will say we need to include fatally injured in this. Yeah, if and we're just changing and open the umbrella. If we're just changing the wording right. from killed to fatally injured. Right. I don't I don't see any problem with that. Right. Yep. Okay. Well. Yeah, let's make it more broad. Right. I think that's more okay. More for everyone. Yeah. And that my friends is the segment we'll never be doing again. <laughs> <laughs> Reading the sample ballot. This is I not only was it d- tough because it was just propositions, but if we were to do this next year, could you imagine if we did with actual candidates how spicy that conversation oh, would be? And how many people there are? That's we would right. be on here for four it days. Would be too long. But if Matthew McConaughey runs, that could be a fun segment. Yeah, we could do one solely focused uh, on Matt- what's <laughs> it called—the gubernatorial. Yeah, the gubernatorial. Is the that gubernatorial? Right? The gubernation. The gubernation I'm leader trail. <laughs> Too lazy to confirm or deny. Yeah, so if you know what a governor race is called, phone it in. Let us know. (laughs) And I guess that's it. So we'll we'll end here. What a riveting ending. (laughs) Do you have anything else you want to say? No, sir. No, okay. I'm well, looking up my. Uh, oh, we just go across the street to Solar Prep for Girls. Again, too wait, to much. Girls? Sorry, too many, much private <laughs> information. We don't live at all near that location. <laughs> I was wrong. We can cut that part out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that, remember, go vote. Remember to leave us a review and give us those five stars and share this podcast with your friends. Maybe not this one specifically, because I'm going to say this is one of our most controversial and probably also most boring episodes yet. I don't know. The first half was solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. big fans of that. Just tell them to listen to about 45 minutes. Right. Now, about 30 minutes. <laughs> there you go. And then just, and then just cut it off. Perfect. What's All right. It? Okay. Okay. Let's go. All right. But here we're going to go. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>